0: In this episode of the Macworld Podcast, we'll go over some of the highlights and lowlights for Apple in 2022. It's the year in review coming up. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola here with Jason Cross. Good morning. And Michael Simon.
1: Hello, sir.
0: So since it's the end of the year, and it's also a slow news time of the year... Apple
1: released Apple Music Sing today. That was was, was big news on on MacWorld.com.
0: But yeah, we're going to take this opportunity to do the usual end of year topics. And today we're going to do the year in review. Overall, going through and trying to see what happened during the year, major announcements. I had this feeling beforehand, but it kind of reaffirmed to me that compared to the last couple of years, it was kind of a... Regular ho hum year,
1: particularly with with the Mac. Like it started out really strong. We got the Mac Studio, which is the first new Mac in like a I don't know how many years, but a long time. And the redesigned MacBook Air, which was great, and then nothing. Like literally nothing. Well, yeah, Studio Display, first monitor <laughs> yeah, yeah, in a right. million so years. So all of that right? came in March, and and then uh, July or June, July brought the MacBook Air redesign mm-hmm. and, and the M2 chip. And then the whole second half of the year, it was like absolutely. Yeah, bad. everyone
2: expected yeah. MacBook Pros with an M2 Pro and Max and Ultra and stuff, and and maybe
1: that, a Mac Pro, which they teased in March, but we didn't get. Yeah, it. and all that
2: stuff's been apparently kind of delayed till the spring, at least. Uh, just like supply shortages and all that other kind of stuff. I still think that's a pretty good Mac year. I mean, first of all, the new Air is great. Like the M1 was already a good chip, but the, that old, old design was it really needed <laughs> improvement to giant puzzles and stuff. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's, that's great. That's my favorite Mac, right? Uh, Mac Studio was a giant surprise. Like everybody knew a Mac Pro was c- coming at some point and we, we were all thinking, oh, when there's going to be like a bigger iMac like Apple Silicon iMac and something out of, and then out of nowhere, they're like, surprise, like super powerful, tiny, like small form factor
1: PC. That rumor, I remember it was like three or four days before the event started to kind of pick up the display and the, um, they didn't know at the time what it was going to be called, but that it was a real powerful tiny Mac for your, you know, for your desktop.
2: Like like two or three Mac minis stacked on top of each other kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, that's – we had no idea. And I thought that was like a real kind of resurgence for the Mac in a lot of ways because certainly the M1 uh, iMac, as it is now, that 24-inch size M1 iMac, and the Mac mini, like, those don't really satisfy all the desktop users. And then there's this wide gulf to the Mac Pro, this, like, huge gap. Because the, because they made the Mac Pro like such a high end huge high end machine,
1: yeah, it f- filled in that gap for really, yeah that that Macs, the Mac Studio with an Ultra is I mean as it stands faster than the Mac Pro. That'll change once it gets Apple Silicon, but yeah, for you know two three four thousand dollars, which is you know that's a significant investment, but not out of reach for smaller creative type development studios. You know, you can get a real powerful machine. Even just the the one I have
2: is the entry level, right? But you know, for for somebody who doesn't need or want a laptop, they don't want to pay for a battery and a screen and all that other stuff. You know, uh, there there was just nothing in that range. So, and it's it's relatively affordable as, as Apple stuff goes. You know, <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just, that was I thought a tremendous product. I thought the Studio display was the one that had me scratching my head they put like a whole iphone in it (laughs) like it's got all this like storage
1: touch touch display it's like an ios device yeah
2: yeah and it but it, it has like no
1: power button
2: and it's like or or other physical controls of any kind and i understand the like camera and speakers aspect but it's got all the storage it doesn't need and it doesn't have display stuff. It should have like – it has no HDR, high refresh rate. so It's just a weird – they made weird choices with that.
1: It kind of died out. But when the reviews came out, the camera was basically trashed and Apple kind of fixed it. But then people said they didn't and then we haven't heard about it since. And I don't have one to know if it's gotten any better, but I doubt it. Like it's just an inferior – camera in an expensive display and you get 5k but no one really needs 5k 4k would have been fine chopped 300 bucks off like it is you're right it's a weird well we and we do need
2: hdr right like we do need hdr and variable refresh rate would be nice for creatives but we didn't get those yeah so 4k hdr instead of 5k like it's the old it's the old like eight year old imac 27 inch panel like it's essentially that panel just with the brightness cranked up a little bit. Yeah, it seems like everything was a new,
1: better version of something we had. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Apple Watch Ultra falls absolutely into that category where there's a lot of new stuff there. The, the design is different, the display is different, the, the action button is to- – but, but it's still just kind of a variation on a, on a theme filling a niche that the Apple Watch might not have filled. Good price 800 bucks i thought um i was shocked for what it is that's that's a that's a solid that's a solid price and you uh they had it for 730 over black friday which is i mean that's if it wasn't such a big watch like if the, if it was a 45 millimeter i might have considered it. it it's too big for me i just don't like that that type that that type of watches isn't for me even though i wouldn't regardless of how small it is i don't use three quarters of it what i would really want is the battery life. My biggest barrier to using an Apple Watch every single day is the fact that I constantly have to take it off my wrist to charge it. And the Apple Watch Ultra gives you 36 out of the box and then you can even push that to, to 60. That's acceptable. Uh, I have a, I have an SE, an SE1 that I really want to use every day and I just can't because I take it off, I put it on the charger and then I forget to put it back on for a day and a half. Happens all the time.
2: What other hardware interesting was interesting this year. I mean, we got we got some I think the like the M2 update to the iPads was uninteresting. The 10th gen iPad was I thought a disappointment just because they introduced it it's the 10th gen iPad, but they introduced it like it's um like it's a new in between product. They kept the 9, they raised the price a lot. And then they had that complete wonkiness with the with the pen, the pencil support and stuff like that. Like, I love where they put the camera and then everything else about that, I'm like, no, it just feels greedy. <laughs> well,
1: it's it, it's fine. So, the 10th gen iPad is a fine product. It's not a $449 product is the problem. If it was $399, if that was a regular price, $399, we're looking at a complete – in fact, it's, it's – I wrote a deal today. It was on sale for $399 and – at that price point, it's way more understandable. That fifty dollars puts it from maybe to don't even consider it. Yeah, and and they could have gotten rid of the ninth gen.
2: It, it's still it's still cheaper, but like that would they could still it would be cheap enough that they could have gotten rid of the ninth gen, and it would be clear this thing where they keep the ninth gen around and they have the tenth gen, and they both use the old pencil, and then there's the uh, it's just kind of a mess. I f- I feel like. Just get the air,
1: <laughs> and you know the the ninth gen is still a very popular product, so I understand why they keep it around. But so drop that price to two ninety nine and make the new one three ninety nine. So because you have to price it far enough away, three ninety nine and three twenty nine. Which so the ninth gen iPad is three twenty nine. If they price the tenth gen at three ninety nine, that's not enough.
2: I think that the ninth gen iPads popular because it's the cheapest one, and people just want a thing. But they got to get rid of it. They got to get that out of the lineup that they're sticking around with that stupid old design from like a decade ago. It's got to go. <laughs> and I was excited that – I was excited that they could get it to go and and with a new design and then they made the new design too expensive and kept the old one around
1: and I'm like, oh, what are you doing? That's what we were <laughs> expecting. So, when we heard rumors about the 10th gen iPad for a long time – that it would kind of be an iPad, but not, and this, and the home button's moving, and I'm sorry, an iPad Air, but not. We thought, all right, maybe three forty nine. Maybe they raise it a little bit. That's that's a that's fantastic. But then the four forty nine is like, well, wait a minute, that's way too much. And and I, I, I'm sure at some point they'll they'll tweak that pricing, but but I would I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. The uh, the mini at that price, the mini is four ninety nine. The Air is 599 and I know that's so that's 150,000 more but you're getting so much of a better tablet for your money there. And then if you want to use
2: the Apple Pencil, you have to do all these dongles and stuff. It's so, ugh. yeah, so that was a swing and a miss for me. Um the new Apple TV, I think was fine. There was nothing wrong with the old one, but what i love about it is i mean it's smaller it has no fan you couldn't hear the fan in the old one or anything like yeah nobody knows cuz it barely moves um but uh what i love about it is they did the they did the right thing which is like they dropped the price and they dropped it a lot like the new one with twice the storage of the old one is cheaper like <laughs> Uh, they did get rid of the Ethernet port unless you buy the more expensive one. But you can actually even buy the more expensive one for $20 less than the old cheap one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the, the 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 top of the line Apple TV 4K is the same price as the Apple TV HD from earlier this year, which is – that's a massive price cut. No one should have bought, but I'm sure people did because they didn't know. But now you can spend $150, get 128 gigs of storage, which you don't need. An Ethernet fort, which you might need, uh, thread support, um, and uh, if you have a Samsung TV, uh, HDR ten support. So and a new processor, and it's just it this there's a million things better about it than that Apple TV HD from just a couple months ago. So yeah, that's that's a rare like home run for Apple in the in the pricing department. To be clear, that's
2: HDR ten plus. HDR ten is what everybody's got. HDR ten plus, right?
1: Yeah, it's the thing Yeah, that's Dolby Vision for Samsung TVs, basically.
2: Sort of, yeah. It's like less, less good Dolby Vision, and they won't ever do Dolby Vision because they invested in this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I have a Samsung TV, and it's annoying. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The um, but you know, and there's some stuff
2: they didn't do. They should have had a. They should have had HDMI 2.1 and stuff. It's fine, whatever you know. It's, for what it is, it's fine. They still do need an Apple TV. They need a streaming device that is less than a hundred dollars. Like all the competition is still way cheaper. But they're moving in the right direction big time here. And it's really when this thing is a year old and it goes on sale, it's going to be. <laughs> and you're able to buy one for like twenty or thirty dollars off on sale. It's going to be a great deal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For for ninety 99- nine. Yeah, ninety nine, ninety nine hundred dollars, um, which is close already. So the it's 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 on sale on Amazon generally like one hundred twenty five, which is only a few dollars less. But you know, you knock twenty percent off that, which it often goes on sale. The old one was on sale for a hundred. That, that's what I bought. I bought the second gen four or third gen, whatever the one from last year was. Yeah, so it was it was eighty bucks for the thirty two gig, which is like that's just that's 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 an impulse buy. That you just don't get with Apple products very often, and you know, so I I, I don't have the new chip, I don't have the HDR 10 plus support, but but I got the new remote, which is fantastic. If you are even considering the Apple TV at all, it is the new remote is so much better. Like I, it's it's become my main remote now. It's that good.
2: Uh, so the other uh, hardware, what the other hardware sort of thing for me was the new AirPods Pro. I thought it was very. Better than I thought it would be. Disappointing to me that they didn't really adjust the design at all. I think the whole touch controls on the stem is like bad design and awkward to use. It's like one of those things that's qu- quote cool, <laughs> but it's actually worse to use than just like a button <laughs> or even just tapping. But uh, but they did a lot of nice little things with it, and the sound quality is like a big boost and the noise canceling is a big boost and the battery life's a big boost and like (laughs) kind of everything about it's it's considerably better. And they didn't rocket the price up or anything like that. So yeah, I thought the new AirPods pro was a a successful update.
0: Let's call it. Apple unveiled their self repair program. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. For for the yeah, iPhone?
1: I wonder who's doing that. Like it's cool that they have it and they kinda of have no choice but to have it. But it's it's an investment in time and money and everything else that just bring it to an Apple store and get it fixed. Like so my son over the weekend has he has an iPad Air and he dropped it and it shat, like it shattered into a million pieces of screen. And like the first thing I did was I checked Apple It was literally the day. Like, i'm not'm I'm not, I'm not kidding had he dropped it on on Monday, it wouldn't be covered like it was it was Sunday was the end of his Apple care. but I wonder like so if it was Monday, like would I have gone through that whole rigmarole and gotten the screen and and well I, I don't think I even can for the iPad but if but like it's a whole thing you have to rent you have to rent stuff and get stuff and it screws and it's like I think it's a very small specific portion of the market that's gonna to care enough to do that on at home but it's it's cool that it's there. The
2: number of people or even percentage of people who are going to go through any of that is nothing. It it might as well not exist, but it's more important to me that like part of doing this is also designing their products to be repairable. Like if we're going to have to offer a kit, then our next thing can't have so much glue and all this other stuff that we can't, right? So I think that's more important. And then this is nice for those like independent repair shops that they they just have to buy official parts. They can get official tools. They're not just going with third-party tools that maybe don't take the screen off properly or whatever, you know, they can get Apple stuff. And it is a, for them, it's an investment, but they're, if, if this is their business, then it's, it's a no brainer. It's actually cheap (laughs) for them. So, I think it's a step in the right direction just in terms of making these things kind of easier to repair and keep longer instead of having to to trade them in. But I, I don't think anybody's going to do it themselves. I think this whole thing of like them doing it themselves, it's, you'll hear from every single one of them. Like every single one of them is going to contact us, tweet at us or whatever at this podcast. Every single person who would do it, I would do that. Um, it's like we're, we'll hear from all 20 of them. There's a billion iPhone owners.
1: There were some videos, um, you know, right after it launched of like, you know, well-minded tech people who tried this out and even they were like, this is hard. <laughs> like, is it- <laughs> yeah. You know, I, the iPhone this
2: year was weird for me in that this is a little bit true every year, but it was more true this year. It felt like the Pro was the only new device. Yep. Yeah. The regular iPhone, more than any other, more than previous years, felt like it didn't get anything. It did. It actually did get slightly better cameras. It got like the the previous years Pro's cameras and stuff, but it didn't get hardly anything. While the the Pro got always on display and the Dynamic Island and this and even newer cameras and that 48 megapixel camera and all you know. It got all this – there's no no wonder the, the the Pro model, like, is the one that's in demand.
0: Yeah, it got away. the new
2: processor. The regular 14 got last year's processor, but just the Pro version that has the extra GPU core. But, like, every, everything about the 14 just felt like the, the least they could do to change the number on it. And all the cool new stuff is in the Pro. Honestly, it's still – it's still really good, like the, the regular iPhone 14. It's still good, just like it would have been great to buy an iPhone 13. Like, it's still a really good phone.
1: Yeah, it got, you know, emergency SOS satellite was like the biggest feature, which the kind of thing like, all right, I mean, I hope I never actually have to use that, but I guess it's nice to have crash detection. The plus is the big one there. So, last year, there was the mini. The thir- last two years was the 13 and 12 and the 13 mini. inches, and it it was um, you know a small the the, really the only small phone on the market, and everyone thought like okay this is like this is the niche that everybody wants, and then nobody bought it. So now Apple went the other way, came out with a 6.7 inch non Pro iPhone 14, and it appears as though nobody wants that either because I don't think that's selling very well either. Yeah, 900 bucks. The other thing people liked about the Mini is it was a. a it was by no means cheap, but it was
2: cheaper. It was the cheapest new iPhone you could get, the cheapest like new model with the new stuff. And they replaced it with one that's more expensive.
1: Yeah, it was six ninety nine. <laughs> the the mini, uh, the thirteen mini when it was new was six ninety nine. Now it's five ninety nine because they they knock a hundred bucks off. But yeah, so it's it starts at eight ninety nine, which is a lot, and you're not getting much. You're getting a bigger screen, and you're getting better battery life. That's it. Other than that, it's the same as what the 14 mini would have been. I think globally, it's the right move to
2: have small and big and to have regular and big instead of regular and small. But what people really want, what globally sells so well are cheap big phones. So having the more expensive big phone is is the wrong way. But maybe this is just part of a longer term strategy because, you know, they build these devices and the bodies and the design for them and everything and then they can kind of get used for a while they keep selling them the next year sometimes you know so maybe we'll see what we'll see is two years from now they'll still be selling a 14 plus
1: $300 cheaper and it's going to be like popular <laughs> but they have to four iPhone models is, is too many they got to figure out what to do with that I don't necessarily think four is too many I just think the pri- that the
2: pricing doesn't work out well I think a small and big regular and a small and big pro are is a fine strategy. I just feel like there's a weird overlap. Like you can, you can get, instead of getting the fourteen plus, you can get a regular pro, and it's not going to be meaningfully different spend for you, right?
1: Yeah, better, w- way better camera, dynamic island always on display, a better chip. Like it's just it's a laundry list of upgrades to that pro. So yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe if 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 the plus was Seven ninety nine, or even seven forty nine, would really make it interesting. Two hundred fifty dollars less than the than the entry level Pro, or the or the base Pro, whatever. Yeah, something like that. But I just Apple doesn't generally do that. Apple TV Plus aside, or Apple TV four K aside, they don't generally go in the opposite direction. But you know, maybe they, they they might have to. But maybe you know, once they look at the sales, particularly this quarter, so they're gonna get they got to get trounced because of the whole um, production thing in China, they cannot make iPhone 14 pros they can't make them period really. Uh, like shipping right now is is like late December, some places early January and they they're gonna they're gonna take a massive hit in that holiday quarter just because they can't get these things to people.
2: Uh, and I think overall I think the strategy I don't think they're gonna be hurt by like nobody wants the plus because I think they're just buying pros instead and then their average sale price goes up this generation and they'll, they'll be happy with that. Uh, yeah, so overall, I just feel like the Pro was a really good phone. We were really surprised by the whole Dynamic Island thing because we all heard about the whole punch camera pill thing. We had no clue the software side of that uh, and, and how it worked and how they make a UI element out of it. We, we just, everybody was like floored and it was great and it's fantastic. And then the 14 was like a big disappointment because I was like, well, why would I get this over a 13? Yeah, it's true,
1: right? It, it's really for like an iPhone 11 upgrader, even 12. I would I would say you know and hold on to the 15 because the 15 looks like we're going to get USB-C. Maybe the Dynamic Island on the on the non-pros.
0: So I would I would hold off if you have a 12 or later. Sort of the wrap up the hardware. The middle of of the year, the iPod Touch was discontinued, which meant the iPod product line the real news is that it is that
1: there was up until that point it was there it was still existed yeah that was one of those things apple didn't actively promote it you had to like go to the store the, the apple.com store and find it but i'm um, it's still it's a bit of a bummer that apple never created like a handheld non-phone phone for kids or for not even just kids for anybody like, like, So you got to buy an iPhone, which has, you know, 5G, 4G. You got to hook it up and activate and all that stuff. The, the iPod was like a, this perfect little like entry-level iPhone device that they just never really developed into what it could have been. It, it could have, should have been like just a phone without without cellular service. But they ignored it for years and then they updated it with something that no one really it wanted. It could have been every time they make a new iPhone SE, they make a non-cellular
2: version and that's priced like hundred and fifty dollars cheaper.
1: <laughs> and it's and that's all it is. Like I want like an iPhone twelve that I can give to my son and doesn't have well, I mean now he's getting older anyway, but as like, you know, between the ages of like four and nine, like people would love those things. But the iPad Touch just didn't get the attention or the promotion that I think that that it deserved.
0: Should we move on to software and services? We better, we'll never finish this podcast. Like we do every year, we got major OS releases: iOS 16, iPad OS 16, macOS Ventura, WatchOS 9. I always forget to mention WatchOS in this whole in the whole yeah. OS roundup. And I think we had this discussion every year. Like,
1: I mean, they. I think at this point they have to update everything every year, but it's a it's a lot. It's a lot to do on an annual day sure. Yeah, just to keep the
2: services in. St- just to keep the services apps and apps in sync and stuff like that. I just, just, just one year. Just skip. Just make watch OS. Just skip the numbers and get it all to be the same.
1: They skip. They they did that with TV OS. They skipped like eight versions. But with <laughs> the watch, they have it did. Right,
2: right. Yeah, just do it with watch OS. Just just stand up there on stage at WWDC and say like, you know, we're just unifying this. To make it clear for you, nobody will have a problem with it. It's fine, you know. Anyway, <laughs> iPad OS 16 was delayed/slash skipped. They started with 16.1. They just didn't release the 16 release because its biggest feature, uh, stage manager, was like busted. <laughs> it's sadly when they released it, it's still kind of busted. But it was in bad shape and really couldn't have been released, and that. It kind of held off on that and, and Mac OS, but Mac OS is often later anyway.
1: Well, it's weird that they separated iPhone or iOS and iPad OS for the first time, but even weirder that they just, they still kept the numbering the same. So it's six, as Jason said, 16.1 was the first. Which I think iPad. is the right way to do it. It would be because it
2: is, it is that release. They just literally skipped shipping the 16.0 release and fine. <laughs> they didn't have to the way they had to with the iPhones because the iPhones need the new iPhones need to ship with iOS 16 and they didn't have new iPads to ship then. <laughs>
1: so So we had universal control last year, and Apple delayed it by several months. even though it was working in the beta, they kept it back until they got it right. Which is what Apple does. That was no one was no one surprised when they do stuff like that. This is very surprising. Whereas people um, who you know champion the iPad and champion Apple products are like, this is terrible. Like I can't I can't use this. This just it's
2: this, this, and this they're iPhone. they're leaping to Twitter with like all these screenshots and videos and stuff of like, look how broken this is. Look how the, this totally fails. And this is you know, it's the keyboard screwed up and all these like serious stuff. Not just like, oh, I don't like
1: it, but, but it's
2: literally right. broken. It's,
1: and Apple doesn't seem to be really kind of urgently fixing it either. Like It's like, we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. Don't worry.
2: I think they just got a lot to do and they're never going to admit there's a problem. There's only ever improvements. There's never a problem that needs fixing in Apple land. So, I think that might be part of it. Um, it might be interesting next year. I also think iPad OS 16 – is a bit of a disappointment because the coolest stuff in iOS 16 isn't there. What it's it's just like the the widgets and and app library from from a couple of years back, where the iPad's behind. But like all the lock screen customization stuff, that's like the biggest, most obvious cool thing in iOS 16, and it's not there at all on the iPad. Uh, we did get cool stuff like uh, you know unsending. And editing messages and messages, that's a big one. And some notifications changes that in iOS 16. That's not, again, that's part of a new home, a new lock screen thing that you don't get. <laughs> but, uh, stuff like the grabbing images and just like taking the, grabbing the image without the background and taking the background out and all those cool things. Like you get those cool things. So. But the biggest, the biggest thing—that home screen redesign, and and the things that go along with it, like uh, the live activities and stuff like that. Some of that, uh, interestingly, is is didn't ship with the first release of iOS 16 as it usually does. I think iOS 16's best. Um, I, I think the starting block for iOS 16 is kind of coming this month with like sixteen point two where it's got the new home architecture and it has live activities and live activities are updated and where apps start to support it. And there's, there's just a lot of tweaks that happen the first couple
0: months. And then with Mac OS Ventura, probably the biggest feature we got is being able to use the iPhone as a webcam, expanding on the continuity camera features. That is great. Jason has been using it in our Podcast recordings, so it's a
1: it's a stark difference when he turns it on and uses it. Like it's, it's like,
2: like it lo- looks like on those Twitch streamers who's got their like DSLR hooked up,
0: <laughs> and everything. Yeah, it's really easy to do. There's some nice interoperability that's happening between the Mac and iPad and iPhone that Apple's starting to do more of in macOS.
2: I feel bad for everybody getting a Sherlock like this, but this is exactly the interoperability. And the ease of use of that interoperability—that app—that's the Apple promise. That's the like why you why you are okay with the walled garden is because it's really nice in the garden and everything works together. <laughs> so, I love I love seeing that. That's my favorite stuff in every macOS release is when these, these things work to better, together better. I wish they'd update Messages on Mac, but.
0: That's a whole other podcast. It's a whole other podcast.
2: I <laughs> wish it was more like the, the the iPhone's messages.
0: Uh how about with services? Is is the big uh service thing that happened this past year the uh price increase to the subscriptions? Yeah. yeah they didn't announce
1: any new services. I mean the price increase is substantial. It went from 5.99 to 7.99 for um Apple TV Plus, um a buck for Apple Music. And $2 or $3 for um, the bundles like we get. I think it's $2. $3? Might have been 3 but But um, the Apple TV Plus one is a big one. And, you know, I, I get it. Their library is, is vastly bigger than it was when it launched at four ninety nine And there's some really good stuff. Like if you look at um, end-of-year lists, like there's a bunch of shows that are, are on most of them that Apple TV makes. It's just not – the service that people think of subscribing to when they think of subscribing to a streaming service, yet they're still Netflix is still number one. Disney Plus is up there, even Hulu. But Apple TV Plus, it's it, it's getting to be like a legitimately really good service. Definitely worth seven ninety nine. That's for sure. Yeah, it's
2: still also kind of the cheapest. Everybody's raising their prices, you know. <laughs> so it, it is still cheaper than Hulu and all these other things, and that combined with, you know, they're doing all this stuff with MLB and soccer and there's talk about football, although that will probably cost extra and, you know, they really are building out the service.
1: Uh, and Major League Soccer starts next year. It's $100 a season, which – and $80 a season if, you, if you're a subscriber, so you don't mm-hmm. have to subscribe. I don't watch soccer, but if, if it was a sport that I watched – I would jump on that because it's every game. There's no blackouts or anything. It's uh, uh, and you'll have you'll be able to watch it live and then and replays. And if it's anything like baseball, although I will join the chorus of Twitter people that say that the broadcasters were horrendous, but the broadcast, if you muted it, was gorgeous. Yeah, and the uh, the little like it's a it's a great um, presentation. And if if it's anything close to that which for soccer, which I assume it will, that the cameras that they use, the angles that they get, the replays, it's really good. And if you're a soccer fan, it's going to be fantastic. I can I can almost assure you that it'll be worth the money if you're a fan of of, of Major League Soccer. I just I, I I have been watching the World Cup for the first time in forever, and it's it's fine. I just don't think I would watch enough of it.
2: And you don't get any of those, right? You don't get any of those leagues. You just get MLS.
1: Right. It's just Major League Soccer, which is the the stepchild of soccer it's just the the north american league right (laughs) and which is
2: not where soccer is most popular but to their credit like mls is growing a lot they just passed nhl uh to be in popularity and not saying a ton but it's 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 something you know it's the number four right you know it's it's football basketball baseball and it was hockey and now it's soccer and it's going up quickly um and this is probably going to help <laughs> having having more people have more access to all the games and stuff they'll do f- and they'll do free games and free weekends that for to, to try and get subscribers and and but this includes things like playoffs and championships and
1: all the stuff like all the stuff it's yeah, really it's, impressive it's it's exclusive it, it's unprecedented as far as i can tell for a major sports league to be Exclusive to one network with everything like basketball, you can watch the playoffs on TNT and ESPN. Baseball, it's on Fox, and this is only Apple TV. You're getting everything for 100 bucks on Apple TV.
2: We got Mike talking about sports now, and it's <laughs>
0: welcome to sports <laughs> talk
2: on MacWorld. Other, other Apple services, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, other Apple services. Wait, th- there yeah, are others, th- th- you know. <laughs> <laughs> iCloud is still
1: disappointment. Yeah, they still haven't up to it's a five five gigabytes. They, they
2: keep trying to find any way they can not do that. Um, the five free, uh, but the 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 starting paid amount should be high. Volume should be higher. The, the five free should be at least ten. But now they'll do things like, well, if you don't have it and you don't have enough room in your five gig to do like an update, we'll let you do the update only will like give you enough storage just for the iPhone update you're trying to do <laughs> over iCloud just for the length of time to do the update and then you don't really have it it's uh it's just kind of annoying um you know they 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 have the they're not VPN sort of you know private browsing stuff it's not quite a VPN but it's to hide a lot of stuff from browsers it's a good service not a big deal, but uh, yep. but these sort of privacy things are good stuff to have built into the OS. And what else? Uh, Apple Music had kind of a kind of a boring year. People Apple Music waiting. sing, yeah, that's yeah,
1: neat. That, that feature just we'll came see. out.
2: We'll see what happens when that comes out. At the, the, as we record this, it hasn't landed yet. Uh, it's a neat idea, and it's, it's just in time I mean, for it, Christmas. It,
1: it, yeah, it's a cool idea, but. Um, and the Apple Music Classic, we were, we were talking about that this morning over Slack. That was supposed to come out last year. It was in August that they um, they announced that they had bought um, the name escapes me. It so starts with a P. Uh, a, a, a classic music, yeah, yeah primoph- a, a primaphonic, a, a classic music service that they were going to bring into Apple Music and have it. They yeah, they were going to have, gonna
2: have it, like a dedicated um, classical experience. So, so. Nobody really quite understood if it was going to be a section in Apple Music or a separate app, but they haven't done either. <laughs> and that was like last summer they bought them. So it's kind of a weird. That's
1: going to headline WWDC. In June. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're into classical music, it's, it sounds like a cool thing, but um, I don't know what's Apple Music voice on. launch this year as a way just to be
2: cheap. <laughs> yeah there's a $5 a month thing. I I have I'm really curious how well that's doing sort of globally. That's in the US everyone's fine paying either not paying at all or paying 10 bucks a month. Nobody's going to go 5 is the price I've been waiting for. But over over the whole world, you know, I think it, it might matter more. And
1: uh, maybe it's a frustrating thing like you can only use Siri like if it was $5 with ads or something then okay. And you can make playlists and do all the things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you, there's there's a lot that you can't do and you have to use Siri, which, you know, let's be honest, isn't always that great at finding stuff. So, it's really just like a – it's like a way to upsell people to the full Apple Music, it seems. Bait and switch, sorta so to speak. Yeah. It feels like maybe a cheaper thing
2: that they can eventually – when they have all these services that give you free Apple Music, it can be Apple Music Voice. <laughs> You know, um, and they can give it to you for a long time.
1: I I mean, they and something like that works really well for like Amazon has something very that's basically their service is that too. But you're you're accustomed to using Alexa for that stuff. This is not like you use. I use the Apple Music app on my phone all the time. This that this Apple Music voice it takes that away. So you know. It's a it's a it's an interesting thing, and HomePod Mini isn't isn't ubiquitous enough to kind of supplement. I don't think.
2: To me, the best thing about it was that since it's voice only, I mean, you can ask for any track or artist or whatever, but they also made dozens of playlists to fit like moods and you know activities and stuff like that. Just just dozens and dozens of them, and that benefits everyone. Those are just there, you can, if you have full Apple Music, you can search, or you can use Siri, or you can whatever in there. So I just love that they, we got a whole ton of, like, playlists, dynamic playlists for for moods and activities and stuff.
0: Uh, We also saw, in Apple Arcade, I guess some game developer contracts expired, so some game developers decided to stop becoming available in Apple Arcade, um... Not many, but yeah, a few. Not many, but a few, which I guess isn't shows that you know, for developers, our Apple Arcade isn't for everybody. I guess you know, we don't know how much developers benefit from it. You know, how much they're making. I guess, in other words, yeah,
2: I think it depends. I think the contracts are all a little different. It certainly doesn't seem to be a service that anyone talks about, like. It, seem, it seems to be one of those things that like nobody go, no, nobody talks about subscribing or, or the new game that's on Apple Arcade or anything. It's, it seems like a benefit of having Apple One. And there's some good stuff now that they have now that they've changed their policy to be, we're taking a lot of hits from the last few years, usually after they're a year too old and just putting a plus by the name so you know it's a different version and putting it on Apple Arcade. Like Dead Cells Plus just came out. Dead Cells is a tremendous game. Like, play with a gamepad, but it's that that game's awesome. You know, but it's been in the App Store. And they just take the App Store versions, call it Dead Cells Plus, and put it in arcade. Like, since they've been starting doing that, there's been good stuff in there.
0: Just not brand new. <laughs> but yeah, I wish Apple would promote it a little more and maybe and do something else with it. I don't know what, but uh, it does kind of feel like it kinda of gets overlooked a lot. We, all we hear about are new games. Here's a, here's a new game. Jason updates it weekly. Here's a the new, new game. Yeah, every Friday, here's the new <laughs> Apple Arcade game.
2: Yeah. It's not a big deal. Like no nobody's gonna be all talking about it online.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Spongebob Solitaire was pretty cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well on that note. <laughs> I think that does it for this episode of the Macwell Podcast, episode 819. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. And thanks to the audience. Thank you for tuning in. You can subscribe to the Macwell Podcast in the podcast app on Spotify or through any other podcast app. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at com. Or contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time.